Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast Andre Jake special show here recapping kind of a fun week two in college football. But first, we are presented by DraftKings, the number one sports book in all the land. Use that code DNVR for all their amazing offers right now in September. They are just killing it. Football fans get hooked up left, right, and center. Jake, my guy, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I've uh, I've had some success on DraftKings lately, taking some live lines. Last night, I took uh, Chiefs Chargers over Dre. I took over 43 and a half. The oh, total man. was it was hanging in the balance for a minute. Yeah, that was pretty low scoring. Herbert getting a, I mean, looked great, yeah. but boy, he got he got beat up in that one. Yeah, um, Ryan had the tweet. Better hope that uh, they still don't have that doctor that uh, punctured Tyrod's lung because, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Definitely keep that guy away. Um, and we haven't we, – we've only touched a little bit on the Broncos, but um, how would you feel about Russ? Was it – I got to say, as much as the loss was disappointing, it is nice not watching like Florida and Kentucky and trying to sell yourself <laughs> on Will Levis and uh, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, um, it felt amazing to actually watch a quarterback in blue and orange know not only what's going on, but have the ability to hit all the throws too. I mean, a little bit of underthrows uh, on the Jerry Judy long one and stuff. I mean, he's still figuring it out. But for a first game, um he was pretty spectacular honestly yeah this uh i really i keep telling myself september football in the nfl truly meaningless it's just the new preseason so don't read too much into it it'll all be fine it is not the preseason in college football i think these programs are pretty dialed um and man was texas dialed they gave bama everything they could handle and more i think quinn hewer sneaky sneaky him and caleb wilson williams sorry in 2024 will be the quarterbacks to watch that'll be fun um i really thought Bijan was impressive those feet are just amazing it's like contact bounds mm-hmm. it's so you know the the comp you throw out for guys like that is like Barry Sanders and no one is Barry Sanders. Like Barry (laughs) Sanders literally played another brand of football that we'll probably never see again. But Bijan man just has some stuff about him. And as you watch like Austin Eckler there, they've got him out there on fourth and one and stuff, despite being like 190 pounds. Um, I think Bijan's that kind of do it all back who just has such great contact balance plays with such great leverage. His feet are so electric that he's really going to benefit whatever offense he goes to in like a multitude of situations. And man, in the open field, he's just electric. Yeah, I mean, you hit it all there. He's pretty much doing it all for Texas. He also had three receptions for 73 yards with a long of 42 last week. I mean, you said it, he's complete. Um, I don't know if he's... 
he's creeping up into that first round territory. I don't know if he'll hang on and actually make uh-huh. it there. Um, but if he can get close to these totals that he had last year, uh, 1100 yards rushing 11 touchdowns, 300 yards in the receiving game. If he can get up there again, he's definitely a candidate though. Yeah. And I mean, with him being so dynamic, I think he has a bit more of a chance, right? That's something we've talked about in the past is mm-hmm. like the first round running backs are the Christian McCaffrey's, the Zeke Elliott's, the guys who can impact both passing game and running game. And the more single dimensional guys are the guys who get lift out. Um Jameer Gibbs on the other side, you know, again, the rushing numbers are not that impressive, but the receiving numbers are really impressive. Um, I'm really buying into this guy. Brugler was comparing him to Alvin Kamara and I can, I can see it, man. He's just electric. There's some real like contact balance and strong lower half on this kid. Yeah, Justin's hyped him up on here uh, as we kind of geared up for the season. And um, I mean, we saw a little bit, uh, but this was the first real test for Alabama. And man, he he was very impressive. As you mentioned, the receiving stats, he really saved this game for Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce didn't really have anyone to go to downfield. I mean, they were making some plays at times, but he didn't really have that consistent go-to guy. And that ended up becoming uh, Gibbs at a certain point. So he can, I mean, we talked about Bajan kind of doing it all. Jameer Gibbs might also be entering that do-it-all conversation. Yep. Uh, potentially sneaking into the top 50, maybe the first round. Yeah, for sure. He gets me hyped. I slowly but surely am really liking this running back class. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. you got the the kid in Michigan we've kind of talked about already as Justin was recapping yep. some of that um, CSU-Michigan game. He's not eligible, but Raheem Sanders, the sophomore for Arkansas, He's 6'2", mm-hmm. 227. He went off last week against South Carolina. He's a guy I'm really starting to watch. Watch out for those hogs, man, because they got um, K.J. Jefferson and Raheem Sanders. They put it on South Carolina, even though Spencer Rattler threw for 376 yards. Um Raheem Sanders is a beast. You still have Travion Henderson. I guess I mentioned him already. Uh, there's just yeah. there's just some talent at the back position. You know, you got the kid over there in Georgia. This uh, this is an intriguing intriguing running back class for sure. Yeah, how about uh, Chase Brown out of Illinois, too? He's someone that's kind of yes. popped. He's already put up yes. nearly 500 yards, two touchdowns on only 75 carries. Cool. Illinois has a reason to wa- be watched this year, so keep an eye out for Chase Brown this season. That might be show history right there. I don't know that the Illini have ever been uh, <laughs> actual worthy of watching. Jeez, they put it on uh virginia and my guy brennan armstrong poor mm-hmm. poor brennan what the hell uh i want to touch a little more on that bama game in just a few because there were mixed opinions on bryce young here yeah. but first let's get into kentucky florida it was the big levis versus anthony richardson I'm not sure either proved they're a first rounder in this one, though the Anthony Richardson hype is really is really um, ramping up. And honestly, I get it. There were some throws in this first half that surprised me. His accuracy, his ability to get the ball out quickly. He is not a slow processor. Might be a little, you know, a, a bit of a one read guy right now, but he's getting the ball out quickly. His placement, his zip, um, just the ability to to get it out and get it out on time and and throw into tighter windows, put it on the right shoulder. I, I was impressed with some of the first half stuff. Kind of fell apart in the second half um, and wasn't able to do as much with his legs. Levis, on the other hand, is old school. His biggest throw is like really a contested, just go up and get it um, 50-50 ball, where honestly I think the placement could have been much better to just guarantee his guy came down with it. He, he's got some athleticism, and it's nice to see him in a Rich Gangarello offense, but, you know, I, 
I'm, I'm sure we'll hear about it from our guy, Kentucky UDFA, but um, mm-hmm. Levis, I'm a little more lukewarm on. Richardson, I'm trying to learn from some of my past draft mistakes and be like, you know, it's not all there, but I see the tools. I see right. a past to becoming a, a dude that's a real factor, that's really tough to, to scheme against um, that week leading up to a matchup against him on Sundays, you know, in a hypothetical couple of years down the road. Though, mm-hmm. man, the, the other thing with these raw quarterbacks is, like, how much time do you have to give to them, you know? Like, that's going to be the big theme with Trey Lance this whole year is it's ex- he's exactly who Henry warned us he was. Like, a dude that's only, right. pa- only had, like, 140 career passes um, coming out of college, and he's just going to need way more reps to get there and I'm really intrigued to see how NILs keep these guys in school longer because they're just raking it in and being on that first round bubble might not be as appealing as it used to be. Um, So yeah, I don't know. But again, maybe the biggest theme from this was, boy, am I glad we don't need to really focus in on these quarterbacks for the Broncos every single week. Yeah, a year ago, this matchup is right in all of our sites. We got to ta- check out both Levis and Richardson. Um, George yeah, Payton would have been in attendance. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they would have played it all up. Um, with Anthony Richardson, though, I think we kind of saw a little bit of this against Utah. I mean, he took over and won that game with his legs. Uh, oh, 100%. It wasn't really the arm and mm-hmm. the passing game. So, uh, I, I think we all picked Kentucky on uh, last week. So we all kind of saw this coming yeah. in some way or another. I th- just think Kentucky is the better coach, talented team at this point with Levis. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're both inconsistent in their own ways. Um, I, I'm, as you mentioned, I get the appeal with both of them, but th- there's just a lot of work to be done on both sides for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Levis. I mean, a lot of if he's going to be the best version of himself he just really needs to get that footwork down and just like start becoming a guy who just bombs it you know one two three three step drop plant that foot boom let it out five step drop same thing like just become more of a gunslinger right now it's a little more tentativeness um so yeah but i mean a great matchup and watch out for kentucky man again our Mm -hmm. Our guy Aaron warned us, and they're coming, man. Rodriguez hasn't even played yet. They're their star running back, and they are humming already. Another standout in this one was defensive tackle Jervon Dexter Sr. He's a defensive tackle. He plays some snaps at end for Florida. He's a single-digit guy, number nine, just like Carlos Dunlap's made that switch for the Chiefs. God, I love myself a single-digit defensive lineman, man. There's uh, there's nothing better. I was just like, whoa, Carlos Dunlap looks good. And it's like, no, it's just the jersey. Chill out. It's the same guy. You know who popped for me for that same reason was Uchenna Nwosu uh, yes. on the Chargers. I think he's yeah. he's wearing like a 10 or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, that just looks like a fast football player. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just the number or what. No, it's true. That makes all the difference now. Um, Dexter, though, especially early on in the game, was dominating, creating push, getting in the backfield regularly, batting balls, getting tackles for a loss. Just a real factor. Um, Later in the game, kind of struggled with some double teams. He reminds me a bit of Chris Jones. Um, that Mississippi State tape could be so inconsistent and he could really wow you on some like pass rush reps and then just kind of get bullied by double teams um, in the run game. And Dexter Sr. is kind of in the same boat, but I think the upside is really high. And it's a defensive tackle class that we've hyped up already. You know, Brian Brees, Mm -hmm. um, Jalen Carter, and this is just another high upside name to add to that mix. So, um, yeah, just watch out. I'm, I'm starting to see even some top 10 buzz on him, and I can see why because the upside mm. really is that significant there. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the, the big matchup this weekend was that Kentucky-Florida 
And then, man, Bryce Young. I know you were, yeah. you were dealing with the Buffs game. You were down down at Air Force supporting our troops. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we kid. Uh, Jake, if you haven't heard, is covering the Buffs. So not not so much because he's a, a true patriot, mm. but more just to do his job. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Bryce Young, what did you see? I know you were confused by the timeline feedback. <laughs> Was the timeline off, um, or were they right? In your rewatch of Bryce Young, what did you see? What were your thoughts? Uh, they, I mean, kind of both. Um, yep. I, I think this is, it's not a cause for concern this game. One, just because week two, and as yep. I mentioned, uh, already point. talking about Gibbs, this is a guy who, I mean, he lost Jamison Williams. He lost Mechie. Mm-hmm. Outside, they haven't really developed another target, and that was really apparent to me in this game. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Bryce Young just continues to do this stuff. I mean, that sack that he got out of in the fourth quarter, I mean, I don't know how he's able to – he's literally almost at like a 180-degree angle. He's almost yeah. sideways on the turf, stays up, and his legs – have shown that he is a true dual threat and just able to really cause defenses headaches because of them. But yeah, it's, it's not all quite there Um, for someone who is definitely getting number one overall hype and is seen as one a, if not one B in this quarterback class. Um, I mean, it reminded me honestly, a lot of the CJ Stroud game against Notre Dame where it's Uh just kind of like, eh, you see the flashes, you see what you've always liked, but it's just not all put together at this point yet, which is fine. I mean, it's still September. So um, that's kind of my assessment. I mean, the talent's obvious, but it's just, he's still got a little bit, a little bit to go and Alabama needs to figure out the receiving core too. Yeah, for sure. I think maybe my biggest takeaway from that game was we've talked about it for Ohio State, but this is a couple of years now where that Bama O-line hasn't felt like a Bama O-line. Like yeah. Texas was, wow. Um, that front was just getting pressure at will. And it's really Bryce Young turning it up in the fourth, making some like the magical plays off script. He's so good at scrambling and looking to pass instead of looking to run. And he'll, he'll kind of throw up feathery passes. They're kind of like Peyton Manning style ducks where they don't look great, but man, do they always get where they need to be. And they just feel like so soft, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. Herbert or Justin, um, Josh Allen in college where it was like, geez, these guys are about to break some wide receivers hands. Like they need to throw some more (laughs) catchable balls. Sometimes Um, he's just feathery and he's so clutch, man. It kind of reminds me of that Auburn game to end the season, the regular season last. Exactly. Their season is on the brink right there. They're about to like be knocked out of the playoffs. Essentially they look like crap the entire game. And then he just pulls one out at the end. It was a very similar in this Texas game. And I'm, I'm willing to buy that clutchness, that fourth quarter magic a lot more than I am to dwell on the mm-hmm. issues and inconsistencies in the first three quarters, which he certainly has a big part in, but I think as much um, the wide receiver, the wide receiver core and the O-line struggles play a big part in that. At the same time, though, man, a guy at that size, yeah. when when can we expect just a little more to be reassured that six foot 195 is really worth the top three pick or the top pick overall? Um, because, man, that's, that's just that's the scary part in all this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's where you really need to see Alabama develop uh, a true threat on the outside so that Bryce can show that. Because I think that's the path to him really making it top three. As you mentioned, the clutch stuff is it's all there. I mean, I'm I'm all in on that stuff. Unreal. But um, I think you need to see a bit more management in the pocket, just how he kind of goes through reads and if he can just hold up with that size, I mean, you'd expect him to maybe add, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 pounds in his next mm-hmm. first few years in the NFL and stuff. Yeah. Um. So that's, that's kind of how that's, can we talk about Will Anderson real quick though? Please, please. That was, 
that was disappointing too. I mean, kind of a no-show in the first half. Then he has that that unnecessary roughness penalty or unsportsmanlike conduct penalty yeah. that absolutely killed Alabama in the third quarter. He ends up kind of saving his day with that sack in the fourth quarter. It uh-huh. wasn't on Ewers, of course. Uh, Hudson Card coming in. I mean, this is this was a huge opportunity for Will Anderson. This is usually see these Bama guys like this come in and wreck these offensive lines. I know it's Texas, so it's not like they're pushover. But I just uh, you mentioned it on the other side with Texas or uh, Texas defensive line against Alabama's offensive line. I just was I just expected more from Alabama up front on both sides, honestly. And Will Anderson isn't definitely involved in that. He had to play better, I think. Otherwise, this game isn't nearly as close as a one point game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, lots of credit to Sark in calling a great game, scheming up. Yeah like really well against Will Anderson. I think the first half he was double teamed and sometimes triple teamed a bunch. And I think that got in his head. He had a at least one false start that I remember. Um, so that, you know, that played a huge factor into this. But you're right. It kind of felt like the Bosa brothers and Miles Garrett and some of these like super duper elite edge rushers we've seen absolutely destroy college football the last few years would have taken over that game just a smidge more um and yeah i mean that's low-key one of the early themes of this college football season is everyone's showing their warts whether it's cj stroud Mm -hmm. who you mentioned or bryce or Will Anderson, I mean, Jalen Carter, I think, has looked pretty good, but he's also, like, on such a dominant front. Sometimes it's easy to kind of Mm -hmm. lose him in the mix of everyone else. Keishon Bout or Bode has already, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, had some missteps. So it's definitely the top consensus guys coming in. Um, We're seeing some warts, for sure. It's not all just uh, fun and games here. Uh, a place we're not really seeing many words, though. USC. I, I told you guys last week, man. I think this team has some juice to them. I yes, think this sir. is a real playoff contender here. Uh, Caleb Williams was absolutely fantastic again. Yeah. Um, and Stanford actually came to play. Stanford wasn't. I mean, this the score would suggest it was a little bit of a blowout, but I think Stanford hung in this game pretty well defensively. Uh, they kind of had a fourth quarter comeback, but I mean, eventually Jordan Addison's just going to break free. He's going to, he did it downfield this game and he took a screen pass uh, pretty far. Uh, Mario Williams is also a beast at wide receiver for USC. Travis Dye looks like bigger in a Trojans uniform than he ever Another did in, running back, in yeah. uh, Oregon. Yeah. Another running back. Uh, I think Mikai Blackman, he had an interception. Um, and then this guy, man, Max Williams, the safety for USC. He had a pick six last week. He had another interception off a tip ball this week. He's just always around the football. He's someone to keep an eye on just as we kind of move, move through pack 12 play, possibly one of the better safeties in this class. He's a junior, uh, for USC. On a week where Talanoa Hufanga really popped for the night. Yeah. My old my old guy. Um, yeah, and I mean, we talked about, like, everyone had high expectations for Jermaine Burton transferring from Georgia and going to Bama. We haven't really seen it yet. Jordan Addison. And, you know, I talked about Keishon mm-hmm. Bout struggling a little bit. Jackson Smith. Najigba yeah. um, has been, you know, injured right off the bat in week one. Jordan Addison hasn't missed a beat. He looks unbelievable this year, man. Um, Mm -hmm. Is he going to be an outside inside guy in the NFL? Like what would your comp be? Because I've just been mesmerized by this kid. Another guy who everything's elite except for the measurables, which are just, yeah, I 60, 175, 175. Yeah. It is pretty small. I didn't think he was that small, actually. I'm a bit surprised Mm -hmm. to see that number. In terms of a comp, though, that's a good question. I mean, I know I'm putting you. I do think he can play. I do think he can play in and outside. I don't think he'll be limited to a slot role. 
Um, but just given the size and stuff, I mean, maybe it's more of like a juiced up Jamison Crowder or something. I mean, it, it, this is a mm-hmm. workshop comparison right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, come back in March and April, and I'll probably have a better one for you. But yeah, he's he's got some of that uh, that versatility. He's not just limited to being a slot player, and he's got the speed to stretch you from the outside, so he can play both. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, it's not Tyreek. I want to say more route running oriented to Sean Jackson, but like, that's not a great comp. Yeah. I want to say like yeah. less dog in him, Steve Smith. Again, not a great comp. Mm-hmm. Also kind of a lofty comp. Um, yeah. Maybe like smaller Justin Jefferson. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. it's hard to exactly... You know, like that inside-outside versatility makes you think of Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is fucking big for a slot. Like, yeah, big. he is. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a tough fit. And I mean, pin me like, uh, tell me if you've heard this before. I already like the quarterbacks for next year's class than I do for this year's class. <laughs> How's that always work, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you, we talked about this a couple of years ago about how LSU, it's always the guy that isn't draft eligible at cornerback who's always yep. good. And so yep. you always end up falling with in love with the next one. And uh, it's just like, yeah, yeah, the other guy was great last year, but this guy this year. <laughs> exactly. It's always the next one. Um, before we move on from that USC game, man, what'd you think of Tanner McGee, the Stanford quarterback, who's another guy we need to keep an eye on? Yeah, definitely got to keep an eye on on him. He's impressed me the first couple of weeks. Um, kind of Davis Millsy in terms of, I mean, he's just a big guy standing back there. He's not going to really wow you athletically. He's 6'6", 230, but he places the ball really well. The arm is live enough that I think it can translate. Um, EJ Smith also on Stanford. This is Emmett Smith's son. Played fairly well. 19 carries, 88 yards. He has some plays in the receiving game. He did have two fumbles, though, two lost fumbles. Yeah. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But I, I came impressed overall by Stanford. I think this is a better football team than they were last year. Yeah, Stanford kind of frisky. Honestly, the entire Pac-12 is looking way better than it did Um last year or maybe even the last couple years i'm i'm really intrigued by what these Mm -hmm. um colleges are doing out west the other big riser we mentioned driven dexter um to me the other big riser in kind of the draft world has been redshirt sophomore broderick jones the left tackle for georgia uh we've been disappointed with uh paris johnson i think it's been a little more of a mixed bag the Peter Skaransky out of Northwestern. A lot of guys are high on him. Man, Broderick Jones has big Charles Cross vibes. He's just smooth mm. as butter. He's kind of emblematic of the, the type of changes and phasing into more of this Todd Munkin scheme that Georgia's had. Those tackles are not playing hand in the ground nearly as much as like Andrew Thomas and those guys were just a couple years ago. It's a bit Mm -hmm. more of a finesse offense, a bit more of a spread offense. And Broderick fits in so well. Um, Just a natural pass protector. I'm really intrigued by his game. Jalen Duran out of Maryland's another guy we've got eyes on. In an offensive tackle class, That's there's a lot of upside. There's a lot of intrigue but maybe not that one major standout who it's like, oh, yeah, pencil him in as a top eight pick. I think Broderick Jones is slowly starting to separate himself to where that guy might be the cream of the crop this year. And uh, not to jump in here, but I think we get Jackson Kirkland at Washington back this week too. He missed the season opener. He's the tackle there. Yeah. Um, six, seven, three forty. I mean, this is a loaded tackle class again, Dre. Yeah. Big matchup against Mel Tucker and Michigan state for him this week. And so I'm kind of intrigued. I hope he's back at the right time. Um, 
And then, man, it, it really is a lot of tackles and a lot of quarterbacks. BYU was playing mm-hmm. um, against Baylor. I kind of highlighted Blake Freeland, that tackle for BYU. I got to go back and watch the tape. Jaron Hall, though, I know you were – you might have uh, some light takes on the BYU quarterback, another quarterback. There's like 20 guys yeah. we've got an eye on this year. Yeah, he was impressive. He kind of, I mean, it was a bit slow going in the middle of the game, but he really turned it on late in the fourth quarter and overtime to give BYU a chance. Uh, He was finding Chase Roberts a lot, so this is another name to watch out for, the receiver for BYU, number 27. Uh He's a freshman, listed at 6'4", 200 pounds. This guy went off for eight receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. He also threw a touchdown to Jaron Hall. Um, So a lot of fireworks going on in that game. Man, Baylor's just not it this year. I don't think that this is a team that you can trust. At quarterback, on offensive line, uh, defensively, they didn't really – I mean, they stopped BYU's rushing attack a bit. uh, So that's something to lean on. But I just – I don't see it with this Baylor team. Um, I think the number nine ranking that they had last week that BYU kind of took from them was very, very generous. Uh, So we'll see how they kind of perform throughout the year. But, yeah, Jaron Hall is a guy to definitely watch out for. He was – I don't want to say he was great, but that's there's some things that you can work on there. Definitely not going to be the Zach Wilson hype, but this is a guy who probably will earn at least some NFL interest along the line, just maybe not top five. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's there's a lot of hype, but it does feel like that next tier um, is kind of falling into where we were at last year where it's like, could Anthony Richardson kind of get the Malik Willis treatment? Uh, You know, as Will Levis, you know, like CJ and Bryce, they'll go high, but some of these other guys, as much as they're they're intriguing and we'll talk about them all year, will they kind of fall in that dead zone where they'll go anywhere between day two and might just fall to day three, you know? Uh, It's hard to say, but... Um, you're mentioning Baylor ain't it. Could Texas at plus 300 on DraftKings Sportsbook be the play to win the Big 12? Is Texas back, Jake? The question of all questions here, man. Absolutely loaded (laughs) question there. Um, I'll start off by saying I was on the Texas bandwagon. I believed in you Sark were, and this team coming were. into this season. Um, and honestly, Quinn Ewers was just surprising. I didn't expect Insane. him to be that good yes. against Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really a shame he got hurt because they oh. they definitely had a chance to upset this team. He was playing better than Bryce on yes, Saturday sir. last week. Yes, sir. Um I, I I think they're the bet, man. I, I just I, I haven't really seen it from Oklahoma yet. I mean, they're kind of just doing their thing, winning games as they're supposed to to this point. They play Nebraska this week. Um, so I can't really comment on Oklahoma yet. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, eh, I mean, yeah. I watched a little bit of that Arizona State game. I don't know if this is exactly a Big 12 championship type team. Yeah. Justin was high on Kansas State. They played really well against Missouri. I really think, I mean, TCU's 2-0 right now. They played an FCS team, so we'll see there. But I, out of all these teams I just mentioned, Texas, I think, is, with Quinn Ewers healthy, is the exactly. best combination of quarterback, play caller. I think they've got it in the trenches also. They've got yes. guys on the outside. I mean, we we mentioned some of the injuries that they had into the season. Uh, worthy for Texas, uh, I don't have the first name. I think it's Xavier. Yeah, Xavier Worthy, he played really well against Alabama in the first half. I mean, his production fell off because Ewers was hurt. This guy was going to continue eating if if Ewers was in the game. So, yeah, I'm all aboard on Texas. Horns down, though, still. Always horns down, but we still can put bets on Texas at plus 300 to win the Big 12. That's at the number one sportsbook in all the land. Use that code DMVR. Uh, Texas is back is, uh, you know, it's more of a question than a definitive answer. Football is back, though, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up. Um, You know, they want want to give out bigger dubs than ever with the NFL back. They're an official partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets 
instantly want more action. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. All you have to do this Sunday is bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. On the primetime games like the Thursday Nighters, they've been doing by seven. So if you had a Chargers money line yesterday, they went up. Mm boom, that money line hit right away. It doesn't even matter that they get backdoored and do Chargers things, which was like, I'm, I'm sorry if you just started following football. That is to be expected. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you still win your bet. You could have got in on the Chargers, let that bet hit, and then jumped in on the Chiefs at great odds as they were down and middled mm-hmm. the shit out of that. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, man. I mean, this is a... This is like the best of the best. Football's back. We might be losing our ass some weeks. We might be winning our ass other weeks. You never know. Download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. We sure do. Um, And use that promo code DMVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And I had one. I know football season is back when I'm on a live stream for our tailgate show, which was unhinged, but I thought uh, a little more structured and enjoyable. And I get to sip on a Broncos country you know, the, the can's great. I know you got to try it, Jake, for the first time last yeah. few weeks. Um, it, it, it's just a nice reminder that football's back. It's very crushable, especially mm-hmm. by the second oh, yeah. one I have. Very crushable. Um, you know, yes. Breck Brew, as you covered with the hometown craft beer of the Denver Broncos, Broncos Country Pale Ale. Show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo and 100% Colorado ingredients. This will be your go-to for football season. This for me, check out the beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find Broncos Country Pale Ale near you. Uh, they got that hoot nanny coming up. The boys at DMVR mm-hmm. might be at that Breck Brew soon enough, maybe with... Uh, I don't know, a little silverware. There's a teaser for you. Stay stay tuned on all channels. Uh. You never know. Um, so there you go. Check out Breck Brew. Check out Breck. They are OG homies. They support us. You want to support us? Support them, man. No better way. Um, let's get into these games, though, Jake, because it's another yeah. intriguing slate we've got here on our hands in week three. You got you got a direction you want to start in a juiciest matchup of the weekend for you. Juiciest matchup of the weekend. Um, that's a great question. I there, there's a couple of games tonight we can talk about in the Pac-12. We have BYU going to Oregon. If you want to start there, um, yes, sir. We can do Michigan State Washington, another Pac-12 one. Miami, Texas A&M, or Fresno State, USC. Uh, a lot of Pac-12. This is a huge weekend for the Pac-12, by the way. Look at my guy. I, I love so much how you have, you've embraced this job and you're just <laughs> like all aboard the Pac-12 right now, man. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Let's start with BYU-Oregon, though. It's uh, Jaron Hall, who we talked about, Blake Freeland, the mm-hmm. offensive tackle for BYU, going against Noah Sewell. Um, Justin Flo, Bonix, uh, Christian Gonzalez. I mean, there's plenty of talent on the NFL, you know, that, that'll be in the NFL soon enough on these two teams. Are you buying BYU? It kind of sounds like you're buying BYU. Mm, I am, but I, I think in this spot, this is an Oregon spot. Just coming off of last week with the Cougars, I mean, that was a huge overtime win. It was double overtime. They were at home. Now it's flipped over. You got to travel, and now you're dogs to a very good football team. Uh, Oregon, three-and-a-half-point favorites. I mean, BYU, I think, can definitely hang with this team and give them fits, potentially even pull up the win. But I, if I mean, if I'm making a bet here, I think I got to take Oregon minus three and a half just in that home field. Bo Nix home and away splits are drastically different. 
He's at home this game. Um, yeah. So I think we might end up getting acceptable to decent good uh, Bo Nix. Uh, we'll see on that one, though. Don't quote me there. That's I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the Ducks. Oh, man, what a tough call. It's it's just hard going back to the Bo Nix well, you know. It's just it's, hard. You were victimized, man. Yeah, yeah, I was not happy about that. Um, but honestly, I am somewhat skeptical of BYU. And yeah, they beat Baylor, but it, it took two OTs there. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think defensively, Oregon's going to be a completely different test. Honestly, maybe my favorite bet of this game is under 58. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what the hell? I guess I'll go with Oregon minus three and a half, but I don't feel great about it. I, I just think this is a this is a spot bet for me. I think that BYU coming off the highs of last week, uh, I mean, that's fair. a really – really really tough to keep that up in back-to-back weeks and now you're on the road too so it's a different yeah. factor yeah um but yeah we'll see i mean that would be actually a great betting strategy as team just came off a monumental win or a real like tone setting type of win expect them to disappoint it was the florida game last week like they just came off yep, a high exactly. of beating utah it was kind of written that Kentucky was the play. And to some mm-hmm. extent, I think Oregon also Oregon's going to have an easy time getting up being like, yo, we got embarrassed by Georgia. We got to get back at it. You know, this is our yep. Super Bowl type deal, even though the game's kind of meaningless with the out of conference factor. Um, let's go Georgia, South Carolina. Stenson okay. Bennett get drafted higher than Spencer Rattler when, uh, when all said and done. Ooh, that's a that's a spicy one. Man. Yeah, yeah. Screw it. I'm gonna say yes, man. Stetson has played really well. I don't yeah. care. He's four years old. The man can play. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree on that. Um, there's some talent here. Obviously, all of Georgia. You gotta watch. Um, offense, defense, all the tight ends, everyone on the line, especially the center and left tackle, the running backs. Um, and South Carolina, it's really going to be Spencer Rattler and Cam Smith, the cornerback, who's got some legit first-round buzz. It's a, it's a corner class that I think has some decent depth but is lacking that the, the blue chippers we've had the last few years with the J.C. Horns, Derek Stingley, PS2. Um, this year it's a little more borderline on those guys. So, you know, dudes like Cam Smith or uh, Ringo, you know, the, the right. stud out of Georgia, these are big tests for them to kind of impress here. The line here is UGA minus 25. And they actually beat Sanford, was it, by less than they beat um, – Oregon so I think had they been consistent this is probably a 30 point line it's a huge number against an SEC foe at home I mean the Gamecocks are at home and we've Mm -hmm. seen the Gamecocks be frisky in some of these matchups before so uh what's your read on this one oh man I mean 25 is absolutely massive I just don't know if I can trust that or um, Spencer Rattler against the Georgia defense I mean that's going to be a lot to ask for from this guy who has shown that in pressure situations he's not the most calm cool and collected Uh, he'll make an impressive throw every now and then I just I still don't see it from him 25 is just so huge though I'd stay away from the 25 I mean the, the classic first quarter, maybe first half spread is something more to my liking. Um, but with it being Georgia, I think I'd still take minus 25 if I have to make a bet. I just I have so much confidence in this defense in their front, um, in their offensive line, too. I kind of have confidence in that offense almost just as much. Like they are. Yeah. It's not a Lincoln Riley like explosive, like, oh my God, look at that scheme. But man, do they get the job done? They just move the chains. They, they're always, you know, they're rarely getting behind and facing a lot of third and longs. Um, they're just a team that succeeds a lot. I love that um, minus six and a half first quarter line for Georgia. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm kind of with you, gun to my head. I think I would take the dogs minus 25, though I don't feel great about either of these spreads. The action I will take on them is probably more the under on the Oregon game and that first quarter spread on the Georgia South Carolina. Let's before we go Pac-12 crazy. Let's uh, let's go Miami Texas A&M. Um, okay. Van Dyke, the quarterback for the Canes, getting a lot of um, another of these many quarterbacks to watch for, and then Tyreek Stevenson for the Canes is a corner worth watching. Another of those guys like Cam Smith, who's kind of in that first round mix. Um, A&M tons of talent uh, O-line wide receiver probably their best prospect is safety Antonio Johnson as far as the draft eligible guys but definitely one of those programs you can always watch and pick out some NFL talents it's a, it's a big one for A&M though because Jimbo was talking all that smack and App State got him already so yeah. But uh, what are we doing here? It does feel like the bounce back is prime here for the yeah. Aggies in College Station. Yeah, I'm looking at that bounce back factor, but just looking at this box score from last week from AM, and um, of course, they got upset by Appalachian State at home, mm-hmm. 17 to 14. I mean, Hudson King didn't get over 100 yards passing. They didn't have – I mean, Devin Akin – he basically kept AM in this game. He had 10 rushes for 66 yards, not very much, but he also had a 95 yard uh, return touchdown. Without him, I mean, this is probably yeah. Appalachian State running away, I mean, but by double, double digits here. So that gives me some cause for concern. I haven't, I mean, Miami hasn't really done much. They played Bethune Cookman in Southern Miss, uh, Mississippi. So there's not much to go on there. Yeah. I think I'm just taking the better quarterback and the road dog and the canes in this situation. Although I'm, I am worried about the the SEC size and nastiness up front going against this ACC team. Um, I mean, again, I think this is probably a stay away all things considered. If I had to pick a side though, I think I'd take the canes. Okay. I love that. We're on opposite sides. I think I'll just go A&M on the bounce back. I expect this to be ugly. I expect it to be unpredictable. This is kind of though, you know, this is that, that inflection point for Jimbo where it's like, he's just Mm -hmm. been, everyone sees that course, that path he's on, you know, that they were playing with the backup quarterback most of the time last year and they they recruited great and everyone's just like okay Jimbo it's it's coming it's coming you can't take a step back this season and already losing to App State is huge you gotta take care of business here and you gotta have like a semi-successful season or I mean we've seen it a million times before and the SEC especially you're a king one day and you're a bum the next, you know, Dan Mullen, Gus Malzahn, those, those leashes are as short as they come. A&M needs this badly. And I think the, you know, the questions at quarterback already are concerning, but David Akin, definitely Mm -hmm. a guy to watch. I don't know if we're even pronouncing that right, but he is just smooth as butter. There we'll figure go. it out. Yeah, yeah. This starts to electric, man. He is. He's got track speed. Uh, this is a huge stretch coming up for AM, though. I think five of their next seven games are against top 25 opponents. Yikes. I mean, that's just the SEC grind, but I mean, Miami's the number 13 drink country or team in the country right now. I think I'm gonna flip sides though. I think I'm go, I go, I would take the Aggies in this one. Just going off what you said, I think this is just a prime bounce back spot. And as I mentioned, I think in the trenches, AM has such an advantage. They should just win this game. Yeah, you'd think, but you know, Cristobal, don't don't underestimate Cristobal's recruiting yeah. and ability to to focus on the trenches. That was such a culture change at Oregon the last few years mm-hmm. with him there. Um, this will be a big Big opportunity for him to show the kind of stamp he's put on that program. All right, let's get right into it. Fresno State at USC. Hayner against Caleb Williams. Mm. I mean, what you got here? 
Well, I mean, USC is at home. They've shown they've, – they've really flashed dominance these first couple of weeks. I mean, they played an FCS team week one. Um, they hung in there against Stanford – or they played Rice week one. Uh, uh-huh. Stanford really took it to them a bit. But still, USC ended up, I think, covering that spread. I think they were only nine-point favorites. Uh, they still won by 13 points, though. I think I'm just going to take USC here. I, I watched Fresno State against Oregon State last weekend. And Oregon State, I mean, they're good offensively. They're better than they were last year. Yeah. This Fresno State defense is so, 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 so bad. I think USC might end up putting 50-plus on them. And yeah. Jake Kaner, as much as I like him, I don't know if he'll just be able to have the opportunities. We've seen USC – the ability to create turnovers and score off those turnovers in the first two uh, couple weeks. Uh, the over-unders at 74, so they're expecting a lot of scoring. I just don't think Fresno State will have will be able to manufacture many stops, if any, to really keep themselves in this game, though. Man, what's been impressive about them is how good they've looked defensively. I mean, you mentioned it. Tuli mm-hmm. Tuli Pulutu, number 49, yep. big defensive lineman, had four tackles for a loss against Stanford. Um, they had 12 tackles for a loss against uh, the trees there. That's no joke, man, with five sacks. When's the last time you could say that about USC? That's a team that yeah. really looks like they And they got the two fumbles and two interceptions. This defense is for real. Yeah, they're creating uh, turnovers, as you were mentioning. Those safeties have been very active. If Jake Hayner can do anything in this one, he's got my attention. Yeah. Yeah. Stock way up. Um, so you're taking Trojans minus 11? Yep, I think so. I think I would like the first half spread a lot more, uh, too. I think that Caleb Williams and the guys will just be too much early on here. Fair enough. That's a, that's low-key a really fun game. And um, I think, I mean, the book's showing a lot of respect to Fresno and Jake Hayner by making this under a two-touchdown game because what we've seen from USC mm-hmm. thus far is, I mean, they're, they were a bigger favorite against Stanford, right, than they were against Fresno? Or am I, am I talking out my um, I th- Man, I think it closed at nine, but I think it was okay. around this 11-point mark for a lot of last week. So, I mean, that says a lot right there. Yeah, 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 USC minus nine and a half. So I'm overreacting a little bit on that one. Um, and then Michigan St- State at Washington. Michael Michael Penix, right? Yeah. Uh, the former Indiana guy when they had that amazing season a couple years ago. Jackson Kirkland hopefully coming back. Zion Tupula Feti, um, who was like the, the nation's leader in tackles for a loss during the shortened COVID season. He was a beast for the dogs uh, just a couple of years ago. His, his star has really fallen off, but in an edge class, that's fairly wide open. He could really make a splash. And then Michigan state, we got to figure out their best pro prospects. Jaden Reed out of Michigan state, maybe the, the most highly touted guy now, but with how Mel Tucker's creating these teams, transfer portal heavy, you got to kind of, you know, we'll, we'll find out who the true studs are on this team about midseason as they really start to come out. Um, how do you see this game playing out, my brother? So Washington, I mean, they're much improved. Michael Penix has played really well these first couple of weeks. I just they haven't given me anything that I can confidently back them with. And they played Kent State and Portland State. I mean, 45 points or more in both games. Penix is playing well. You're getting Kirkland back. And Washington has shown that they can they can bring in these guys along the fronts on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something to work with there. I just think that Michigan State, I mean, you're getting them in a dog here. Crazy. They're going to try and control the game in the trenches. Yeah, um, I think that they showed fairly decent last week. I mean, it was Akron. So, again, not much to go here on the Spartan side either. They played Western Michigan week one. I just think I'd take the road dog. I think that their style kind of fits being able to go onto the road and cover this number. I mean, getting mm-hmm. the half point to three and a half, I think, is pretty key. This could be a very close game. These are very similarly built football teams. 
I just think that Michigan State has a slight talent edge, so I'll be taking Sparty in this one. The book putting Sparty as the dog is like huge. Every week, mm-hmm. there's maybe a spread where the fave is on the wrong side than what you thought. Um, and this would be that game this year. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised by that, honestly, man. Um, yeah. But you know what? Uh, I, I, I love Penix. I think he does give Washington another element, but Michigan state still has Peyton Thorne, their starting quarterback. And mm-hmm. we, amazingly, he's not on all these deep lists of quarterbacks to watch for the you know in this draft class but he is a very good college quarterback very mm-hmm. i mean he just gets it done he's not afraid to to throw it deep he's and he's also a fairly trustworthy manager so give me sparty i actually think the book's giving washington way too much respect i mean it's a yeah. long trip but it's, it's a business trip mel tucker will have those guys ready yeah. um any other games you would touch on? The the only other one I have is Texas Tech at NC State, just because NC State has the pro quarterback. And Tyree Wilson, the mm-hmm. big edge rusher out of Texas Tech, um, getting some buzz. So from a, from a scouting standpoint, at least watching NC State's offense against Texas Tech's defense will, uh, will have me locked into this one for part of the game. Uh, there's also Penn State at Auburn this week. This is the other half of that uh, home and home. Um, yeah. It was a great game last year in Happy Valley. Uh, we're going to be in Jordan Hare this time. Uh, Tank Bigsby played pretty well for Auburn. They only won by eight points over San, uh, San Jose State last week. Not great. Penn State's been kind of up and down themselves. I mean, you had that, that barn burner against Purdue. They blow out Ohio last week. I'm still believing in Penn State. They're only three-point favorites. They are on the road, though, so that gives me a little cause for concern. I think I'd still take them. Other than that, though, uh, there's Oklahoma, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's there's much left on this slate. Um, UTSA, Texas might be sneaky good, especially if Ewers isn't playing. Um, UTSA might be able to uh, – yeah, they might be able to claw into that one. That's intriguing. Yeah, with Texas just 12 and a half point favorites, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy with them at home. Um, yeah, all of that for sure. And uh, I think that's going to do it, man. Draft Pod presented by DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook. He's Jake Schwanitz. Follow all his stuff at DMVR Buffs. He's doing a watch along with Arcade this Saturday. So tune in. You can. Follow along as him and RK watch the buffs uh, quarters one through four. And I'll be doing the same with Justin on the Rams side as the Rams take on Washington State. Washington State, another of those many Pac-12 teams, I think, will be better than we thought. And that quarterback ward has me intrigued. So I'll be watching that. We didn't talk about them, but they up they went in the Camp Randall and upset the Badgers, Wisconsin Badgers last weekend in a kind of crazy game. Yes. Both teams had interceptions in that game where the offense ended up making the intercepting player fumble and the offense recovered. So, I mean, it happened on both sides. That gives you an idea just how wacky that game was. Well, and just like the Texas line seems a little low, and all these other lines that are predicting the letdown after a big week, Washington State only 16.5-point favorites to Colorado State, who just lost to Middle Tennessee, got completely demolished by Michigan. I think that tells you something. The book is on to these letdown weeks, and maybe that's the way you go as the UTSAs, the Colorado States, the – yeah. The dogs that really kill you against the, the spread is the direction to go. Use that code DNVR, of course. Um, and, yeah, man, we will have you covered on all things football in Colorado, wire to wire, all weekend. Always a pleasure doing these, Jake. Yes, sir. We'll talk next week, my friend. Let's do it.